1: So glad you could be with us for this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry, and with me today is Aaron Shafewalaf, my colleague at MRM. In General Conference in April of 2023, there was a talk given titled, A Living Prophet for the Latter Days. It was a talk given by Alan D. Haney, who was a member of the Seventy in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He made some interesting comments that naturally caught our attention, having to do with the need for a living Latter-day prophet, which, of course, the LDS Church claims they have. In fact, one of the reasons why they often will say that their church is the only true church on the face of the earth is because they do, in fact, have a living mortal prophet that is guiding the church today. We want to go through some of the things that Mr. Haney said in his talk because some of the things he said should cause all of us concern, whether we are evangelical Christians looking at Mormonism from the outside, or in fact, if you are a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, you need to listen carefully to what he had to say. He starts off his talk by mentioning when he was a young boy, he said, I love Saturdays because everything I did on that day seemed like an adventure. But no matter what I did, it was always preceded by the most important thing of all, watching cartoons on television. He says, one such Saturday morning as I was standing by the television and flipping through the channels, I discovered that the cartoon I expected to find had been replaced by a broadcast of the General Conference of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints. While looking at the television and lamenting that there was no cartoon, I saw a white haired man in a suit and tie sitting in a nice chair. There was something different about him, so I asked my oldest brother who is that? He said, that's President David O. McKay. He's a prophet. I remember feeling something and somehow knowing that he was a prophet. Then, because I was a cartoon-crazed young boy, I changed the channel. But I never forgot what I felt during that brief, unexpected, revelatory moment With a prophet, sometimes it only takes a moment to know, without spending a lot of time dissecting what he says here. What I took away from that story was, apparently, Haney, as a young boy, didn't know who David O. McKay was. He's a pretty prominent leader, especially during the mid-20th century. And then he tells us that he actually felt something about seeing this man's image, but then he turns the channel as if it was really nothing. And I'm supposed to walk away as if this is somehow a deep felt feeling that he had about this man, but yet he doesn't even seem to take the time to want to sit and listen to what the guy actually had to say. So I'm raising some questions there, but that's not really the point of of our discussion. When he goes on in the next paragraph, Aaron, he says, "'Knowing by revelation that there is a living prophet on the earth changes everything.'" It causes one to be uninterested in the debate about when is a prophet speaking as a prophet or whether one is ever justified in selective rejection of prophetic counsel. In hearing him say this, my first thought was he has just telegraphed to his listeners that there must be some times when we have to reject what these men have told us. I wonder how many members caught that. I mean, I know I'm critical, and I'm always listening with a critical ear, but how many members heard him say this and thought, what do you mean, selective rejection of prophetic counsel? Well, yeah, because the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints has done that historically, (laughs)
2: Another way to say this is, are we ever justified in changing the channel? (laughs) Good boy. Are we we ever supposed to not heed what a prophet says? The difficult thing about listening to him say this is that we know the history. We know that even among Latter-day Saints, there is counsel given to filter what their leaders are saying or have said by the standard works or even... By historic teachings of LDS prophets. So he's I think your point is he's surfacing this larger issue that sometimes Latter-day Saints are compelled to selectively reject what the
1: prophets have taught. Well, let's let's analyze that. If, as we have said for decades, a prophet, quote unquote, in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints says something that seems to contradict what a previous prophet had said—and we're not talking about water cooler conversations here. I, I think that needs to be made clear up front. I'm not expecting the current leader of the LDS Church to have a preference over Brigham Young University or the University of Utah in the upcoming football game. I'm talking about doctrinal issues, issues that have always known to be doctrinal issues. When they make a comment on something like as as serious as that, do we expect or should it be right that all of a sudden one has to be chosen over another? I mean, the question we always ask Latter-day Saints is, well, if your leaders are chosen by God and get direct revelation from God— Wouldn't you think there would be a consistency in what they are teaching the LDS people?
2: With respect to the gospel and to the nature of God, what subsequent prophets say should build on and expand and clarify and have natural continuity with what prior prophets have said. The problem is that Latter day Saint prophets have taught things from general conference, from first presidency statements that today. If you were to promulgate, if you were to celebrate these teachings still today, you would be in trouble. The big example we can think of, of course, is Adam God. Brigham Young taught that Adam was God. The first man. The first man. There's no question about that. That Eve was one of his wives, and that he came to the garden with an already uh, celestial body, so to speak, and that he had to eat of the forbidden fruit in order to re-enter a kind of mortal state. Brigham Young taught this Thousands of people have believed it. Thousands of fundamentalist Mormons today believe it. Thousands of fundamentalist Mormons today look at the mainstream Salt Lake City-based sect of Mormonism, and they say mainstream Mormons are selectively rejecting the prophetic counsel of Brigham Young. They are changing the channel, so to speak. When Brigham Young is on TV, so to speak, they change the channel. They cringe. He's not someone that they can trust on that topic. So keep in mind, Adam God is something that is essentially a heresy in Mormonism today, considered something that if you were a stake president or a bishop and you were teaching this to your people, this would be considered divisive, schismatic, dangerous, in opposition to modern leadership.
1: Now, let's go back, though, because I think in making our point here, we have to establish why... Find this problematic within the context of Mormonism. Latter-day Saints have been told that there are certain criteria that must be used in order to determine whether or not a living prophet is teaching something that should be believed. One, they will say, well, was it taught in conference? Brigham Young taught Adam God in a general conference message. And we know that LDS leaders—I'm thinking of Dieter F. Uchtdorf offhand, who is an apostle today—he said that when leaders speak in conference, this is God speaking through his servants. So was God speaking through his quote-unquote servant, Brigham Young, on that date in April of 1852? Also, Brigham Young claimed it was a doctrine— at the very end of his message, he said th- that you better not treat this doctrine lightly or with indifference because it's going to prove your salvation or yeah. damnation. That's a threat I don't even hear modern LDS making anymore, but Brigham Young obviously thought it was important enough to throw that in there. Another point, when Brigham Young taught this, he was a living prophet he was not at the time a dead prophet i mean that seems obvious but we have to bring this out because that's the phrase that's used oftentimes now it has to be a living prophet he was alive at the time he gave it and as you mentioned many people believed him this caused controversy down the road adam
2: god also is the sort of thing that if not true today wasn't true in the 1850s if it was true in the 1850s, it is true today. It's not the sort of thing that is circumstantial or particular to applying something in the administration of an era. This is with respect to history and the nature of God and things that are eternally true or not.
1: Yeah, and I don't think that can be overlooked. We have to keep all these things in perspective if we're going to properly analyze what we're being told by, for instance, Elder Alan D. Haney. He has his foundational beliefs, and I understand that. And I'm going to hold his feet to the fire of those foundational beliefs. What I guess you could say irritates folks like us is how they're always moving the goalpost. They want their people to believe in living prophets, but you have to believe them with qualification. And I think Haney, when he says this, it causes one to be uninterested in the debate about when is a prophet speaking as a prophet or whether one is ever justified in selective rejection of prophetic counsel. I read that. I heard him say it. And it seems to me he's telegraphing a very real issue. These guys can't always be trusted.
2: It's interesting that as an evangelical, in principle, I agree that if a prophet is a foundational apostle or prophet, as Paul describes in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 20, and which Mormons appeal to, to associate their own prophets with, if a prophet is a foundational prophet, we should expect him to speak foundational things, and we should expect him to abide by a high standard of conduct. He will never publicly teach false doctrine concerning God or the gospel. We, in principle, agree with that, which I think many Latter-day Saints instinctively
1: start with but end up having to withdraw from. I'm glad you mentioned foundational. As we were prepping for this show, we talked about foundation. And what these guys are saying are not often things that we would attribute to, let's say, replacing uh, the shingles on your house. That's something that's going to happen down the road. But if you have a problem with the foundation of your house... You either have to tear that house down and start over again, or you're going to have to make some significant repairs that are going to cause you lament that you ever purchased that house in the first place. This is why we look at statements such as this by Haney as being not only confusing, I would think, even for Latter-day Saints, but egregious when it comes to us, because we don't tend to look at the prophets in the Bible— in a way that, well, we can just get rid of Isaiah on this one, or we can get rid of Ezekiel. And as far as apostles, well, you know what? Paul maybe didn't get it right, although we're starting to see, even in the LDS Church, that They don't care what Paul says, and they don't care what the prophets of the past in the Bible have to say, because their latter-day revelation in their mind seems to, to trump that. And you can see why that would cause us a lot of concern. Tomorrow, we're going to continue looking at this conference message titled, A Living Prophet for the Latter Days.